You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, Jim Berlin, CEO of Logistics Plus. The supply chain industry took center stage during the pandemic as the entire world had to adapt to a new way to work and live. Thanks in large part to the essential services of logistics professionals, life is finding its way to a new normal. It's only fitting then to celebrate the industry on National Logistics Day. Jim Berlin, CEO of Logistics Plus, joins the show to talk about the importance of National Logistics Day and show how a company like Logistics Plus can dream big and work to do great things for the industry. Joining me today is Jim Berlin, CEO of Logistics Plus. Jim, thank you so much for joining the Inbound Logistics Podcast today. My pleasure, Jeff. It's good to have you. Uh, before we get into everything, uh, as we're entering this new normal, uh, how are you holding up with everything that's going on? Uh, doing good. Busy is busy is crazy and as ever. And luckily, we got through things pretty well. We, we never shut down. Uh, we had a few people stay home, but otherwise, everyone showed up to work and we got through it. Everyone, the COVID ran through the building. Uh, luckily, no one got very sick and we managed it and kept going. Good to hear. Good to hear. And speaking of logistics, uh, something that's coming up on June 28th, which is just around the corner, uh, National Logistics Day, which uh, is an industry holiday that uh, that you guys at Logistics Plus played a hand in creating about three years ago. Uh, Jim, why is logistics so important and why should it have its own day of recognition? Well, I think I think uh, the last year in the, in the supply chain uh, mess we're seeing now <laughs> explains why it's so important. Very true. Something no one thinks about, and now everyone in the world is feeling it. So, uh, something that we've known about forever, um, and it, you know, it makes it makes the world move. You know, my, my, I always tell kids that I hire that everything moves, nothing sprouts up in the room you're in, and since the days of the camel caravans, there's been logistics, and uh, and until some smart young kid comes up with, up with an app that'll move a pallet from here to Chicago with a push of a button, it's going to be a manual thing, and things happen on the road and someone has to help uh, set it right. So it, it makes the world turn. Um, it supplies all the things that we've gotten used to and take for granted often. And now I've learned that lesson. Don't take for granted. And that's why I should recognize it really is. It really is the people who move the world behind the scenes. Yeah. It's definitely come into the spotlight, especially over the last year plus. So, but I understand that logistics plus is also celebrating its 25th anniversary this year. Uh, how did you yourself get into logistics uh, and why why did you create Logistics Plus back in 1996? How many, how many hours you got? <laughs> Let's go. Talk to me. Tell us all about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I've been in logistics forever, kind of. I was a trucker uh, for 10 years uh, back in Buffalo, and I had a big mouth. I was a union guy and kept getting fired. And finally, some company, I think it's a practical joke, uh, kicked me into the office, <laughs> made, me, uh, made me management. Um, I did that for 10 years. I was pretty successful at it, but uh, I still had a big mouth. So again, I kept getting fired. And finally, one day in uh, 1996, I got fired again. And uh, but I got fired to go on the bat for my customer, which was General Electric at the time. So I, I you know, even though it hurt and it's tough at 44 to lose your income, um, I, I looked in the mirror and said, you know, you, you did the right thing. What will be, will be, and just deal with it. And um Fortunately, about six months later, the same very, very same customer, General Electric, called and said, we have a project to uh, try to help improve our inbound logistics for the locomotive division, which is near Pennsylvania, and we need three people. Um, we'd like you to do that. It pays 120000 bucks for three people all in for a year. 
<laughs> so you got to be pretty desperate, even in 1996, 120,000 bucks for three people for a year, all in. But I had no other choices. Plus, what I was thinking is that if I had my own company, I couldn't get fired anymore. So um, I took the leap from trucker and, and terminal manager to uh, entrepreneur and have not looked back. That's a, a lesson in perseverance there, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lesson in delusion. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Now, from what I've learned about Logistics Plus, though, your approach to business is very different from, from more traditional companies, uh, clearly. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about your business philosophy and what it has meant for Logistics Plus over the years? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I speak at a lot of uh, colleges about business. You know, I've been 25 years of, of doing this, and we've, you know, even though it's unorthodox, we've grown every year but one. Uh, we've made money every year. We're a debt-free company. Uh, we have a great rating. We've been you know, named best place to work several years in a row and entrepreneur of the year by Ernst & Young. So pretty successful by all biometrics. But I, when I speak at colleges about it, I always say, don't try this at home because this is pretty unusual. And uh, when we look around, we laugh. It shouldn't work, but it does. Um, and it's been real, real successful in the Basically, the philosophy is just uh, treat people well. That business, the business is about people. Um, what I tell these kids that I interview is that uh, you know there's only four modes of transportation: is trains and planes and trucks and ships. And just you know, if you're FedEx or UPS, doesn't mean your truck gets to drive at 90 miles an hour and mine drives at 60. We all live under the same rules of the road and the laws of physics. And so you know, you're doing the same thing basically. So you can kind of beat the other guy by being a little more nimble and communicative and responsive and finding solutions and picking up the phone at 4.59 on Friday when it rings instead of dodging out and uh, letting the phone go. So, you know, our philosophy is really based on, you know, treat people right, uh, people matter, um, find ways to be a solutions company, not a problems company, own, own what we do. And so very few, you know, really very few rules. Um, we're not structured at all. Uh, it's very, you know, I, I, I joke that we were way ahead of the curve because now a lot of companies are, are, are more open and, you know, don't wear suits and ties to work and allow some remote work going on. We've, we've been doing that forever. Um, but I think, if you, I think if you hire people that kind of get the, the idea that, you know, we don't really have a plan, we're just going to try to keep growing. Um, we, our growth has been, you know, we have a, we're a $300 million company. We have one full-time salesperson. That's all we've ever had. And so it's, it's amazing growth, but it's done by word of mouth. I tell all our people, our operations folks, so it's always slash sales. So if you do a good job and someone say, hey, thank you for that. Say, hey, anything else I can do for you? You want fries with that? And it's amazing how one thing tends to lead to another. Um, and to go back to the beginning, the, the three-person contract at GE ended up there's 50 of us working from all around the world doing all kinds of things only because we did a really good job. And they said, man, can you do this? Can you do this? And we'd say, yep. And we figured it out. And so we grew within General Electric. And then luckily, lucky for me, G at the time was the number one company on earth. Um, and their people were highly recruited. And so they would go places and wherever they'd go, they'd take us with them. So it's really been a totally organic growth for 25 years. And um, you know, going to celebrate that this year, but I do think it's it's the philosophy of treating people well, find ways to yes, be positive, do the right thing, uh, pick up the phone, just basic simple things like that. You wonder why everyone doesn't do it, but they don't. 
and, and because we do it, we're able to compete against uh, really big guys, way bigger than we are. I see that. I see. Now, if your service actually comes with fries, sign me up. That's great. Now, uh, talk to me then about uh, a little bit about uh, your, your clients and your customers then. Um, what are some of the capabilities? Uh, and you touched on it a little bit with, uh, with communication and responsiveness. What are some of the other capabilities that Logistics Plus offers to your clients today? Uh, and are there any things that you feel make you different from uh, other 3PL providers? Yeah, I think I think we're kind of in this overused term of the Goldilocks zone. But I think that's what we are. We're 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 you know small mom and pops usually have a lot of energy and enthusiasm, but they don't have the wherewithal to do the bigger things, the IT stuff you need to do, and and get the kind of people you need to get. Uh, where the big guys have all the money to do anything they want to do, but a lot of times they get very stodgy. You know, like you know, compared to the you know, to the uh, Rebels in, in the U.S. fighting the, the British back in the day. The, the little guys shouldn't have won, but they won. And so we are, we're kind of those guys that find when other people can't do things. And, and, and in transportation, there's a lot of good reasons to say no. It's a lot of things you don't control. Things happen, you know, at ports and things happen with supply chains and things happen on the highways. And, you know, there's a lot, a lot of times there's an easy excuse to tell the customer why you couldn't do what you did. And that, that happens to us too. I mean, it happens to everyone. We try to make it happen less by kind of working a little bit more, a little bit harder, um, have a plan A, B, C, D, and E. So the first thing goes wrong, you've got a fallback plan. Um, if something goes wrong, communicate quickly and try to respond. A lot of, a lot of companies like us, um, if you have them deliver a shipment for you and something goes wrong, they'll give you the number to call to try to fix it. And that's pretty typical in our industry. But to me, it's the wrong thing. If, if, if a trucker screws up, it's a trucker we chose for you. So we need to fix that problem. So we do own these things from start to finish. Um, it takes a little bit more effort to do that. Uh, it takes more time. But to me, that's, you know, that's our responsibility. We've taken on the ownership of that delivery of that shipment. So you know, FedEx used to have that old commercial by every, you know, the golden package. Every package is a golden package. That's true. It's, 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 you know, it's true in my trucking days and it's true now. You know, to someone that box means a lot. You know, it may not mean anything to you, it's just a box, but someone's expecting something and wants it there. And the guy that shipped it wants it to show up in good shape and looking pretty. And the person that it's waiting for is wants to get it in, in you know, business or in their home. So we take that seriously. Um, and so it really is like, like I said earlier, it's, it's, a, it's not that much that anybody couldn't do. And I'm amazed more people don't do it, but we do. So that's one differentiator. The other is that we've, evolved a lot. Um, I always say that logistics, you know, people say, what is logistics? We move stuff, you know, um, but but we do more than move stuff. You know, we, we got involved in, in, in customs compliance and in IT things, uh, tracking and tracing. So there's been an evolution that we're really kind of real good at. And so our customer base has grown from the original General Electric and then manufacturers all around the, you know, the country and all around the world to a lot of our customers now are IT customers or banks or things that you wouldn't expect to need logistics. But by doing more than just the moving things, we're able to find roles we can play to solve problems for them. So we have a very diverse, uh, a really kind of cool marquee list of customers. Um, and for a you know, small co company from a small town in Erie, it's surprising, but we do compete with the big guys a lot. And, uh, Sometimes, sometimes can beat them at their own game. Yeah, you, you classify yourself as a as a mom pop operation, but you have global operations uh, in nearly thirty countries. 
Um, so can you give me an idea of some of the trends that you, you see in global supply chains and, and how Logistics Plus is adapting to those trends? Yeah, uh, like I said, the one thing is the IT. Uh, more and more, you know, it's still a very manual process of, of a forklift taking a pallet onto a truck and the trucker driving it to the next dock and un- taking it off. So there's a lot of manual to it, but there's also a lot of IT that helps customers get a better um, vis- visibility into their, their own business. So we can tell you, you know, how much you're spending, tell you where you're spending it, what percentage of your of your revenue is, is being spent on what items. I mean, we can really slice and dice that. So people like that. That's one thing. The other thing that's, that I've noticed is that the this pandemic kind of showed everyone that this just-in-time had limitations. When, when things are good, it's very smart not to have stock on the shelves and be able to get things, you know, every day delivered to your door. But when things go bump in the night, all of a sudden, uh, it's not so easy. And, and I learned that early on. We had a case at, at General Electric uh, Locomotive Division. The the plants the plant is in Erie, Pennsylvania. It's the largest employer here. And so what happened is around Erie, in, in the Golden Triangle of Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland, a lot of manufacturers to make locomotive parts had sprouted up and were supplying um, delivery to, uh, to, the, to the factory. Um, when GE globalized in the 1990s, in the early 2000s, they, they had all these um, studies done about how much money they're going to save by finding cheaper parts overseas. And they're right. Uh, you know, something that costs a thousand bucks here might cost 500 bucks when it's made in China. But then you have to add the cost of transportation. So that reduced the savings a little bit. But what everyone neglected was that, that if, if something was late, someone forgot to order a, a pallet out of Pittsburgh, you could call down there and two hours later, it could be your dock. Someone forgot to order a pallet out of China, uh, or something went wrong. It's it's you're flying that, and all of a sudden, all that savings you thought you had, you didn't have. So I learned it from that experience early on. I think the world learned it this year. So what's come back in a big way is warehousing, and we op- actually this past year we opened up over one million square feet of warehousing in the U.S. and probably half a million square feet around the rest of the world because people now are a little more. Uh, uh, maybe timid is not the right word, but they're a little more thoughtful about the things that can go wrong, in, in, you know, in the world, and want to have a safety stock so they're not at the mercy of a long supply chain when things go down. So I think that's I think that's one. I'm not a crystal ball guy, but I do think the warehousing part of the business is something that has grown and will continue to grow for people so people can sleep at night. Yeah, 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 for sure. Now. Advances in technology, uh, the, that strong need for supply chain visibility, uh, that's shifted how managers and buyers evaluate logistics providers today. So have you seen that as well in recent RFPs and engagements? Yes. You, uh, and we have like world-class technology and for a small company, that's, that's you know, we're big enough to be able to have that. And yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I kind of scoff at it sometimes because it's still, as I said, uh, it's still delivering the product on time in good shape at the right price, which is the model of the trucking company I worked for. That's still what logistics is, but you're right. The IT has, has opened up a whole new world of visibility and communication that makes it easy for people to see what's going on and for you to bring them you know, data that will show them, hey, if you do this, you'll save this much money on it. So we're able to do that a lot of times. We have a, a lot of customers now that we provide what we call a global control tower. So we look at, you know, even back in the days of GE, um, I, I, use the, I use the line that, you know, it's like transportation is best done under one perch um, because you might have a building ordering a pallet from Cleveland and another building ordering another pallet from another 
supplier in Cleveland, they don't talk to each other. So they don't know that. So when you have a global control tower, we get to see everything that's going on and we get to consolidate and piece together the best, you know, best jigsaw puzzle you can make. And we save, you know, you save a ton of money, ton of wasted time and energy, a ton of uh, you know, wasted fuel and, you know, all, the, all that stuff they do to the environment. So the, the IT gives you visibility to, to make the case. We always made the case, but now you can show them real clearly that, you know, we can, we can do this instead of that and it saves you a lot of money. Now, uh, speaking about some of that uh, neighborhood philosophy that you have going on there, I- I'm told that you're a big believer in karma too, which is uh, partly why you support inner city development efforts in downtown Erie, uh, which which has been hit economically uh, over the years. Um, can you share some thoughts on that and uh, any new activities that you have going on with that effort? Well, a couple of things actually. One is just just the existence of this company here. So we're in a you know, pretty small town, hundred thousand people, um, but it's a town that has four universities. Um, and these kids used to get a great Pennsylvania education, and then they have to go somewhere else in the world to find a, make a living. Um, just by LP being here, uh, we give them a chance to stay home, work for a very cool company, a global company, and you know travel the world and do you know all kinds of fun things with big name customers. So that's one thing that has been terrific. Um, so we have a lot of feeders from all the different uh, local colleges. The other thing is you know you. you you know, we all live in the area, so we, we give back by, and we bought the train station. It was a dilapidated 1927 giant uh, train station that was going to be knocked down. We, we, you know, came down here, bought it like 15 years ago, uh, filled it up. Uh, we helped, them. so that, that kind of sparked, it was like pioneers, and it kind of sparked a whole bunch of other development downtown Erie. So we were the, like I said, we, we were the, they called us visionaries. I said, we were the delusionaries, but we made it work, and and now we got a, a program. We're going to put pickleball courts and um, ice hockey rink outside the train station in the park, uh, open to the public. And we go out there and we play pickleball. Or we play uh, bubble soccer. Um, so we just try to you know make it a fun place to be and and get the community a place to you know go to have some fun. And yeah, I don't know, just I am a believer in karma. I think what you put back out on the world comes back at you. So. We just, we always try to do that. Very cool. Very cool. So I guess National Logistics Day is, is big and eerie. <laughs> but uh, uh, Jim, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, can you tell our audience where they can learn more about Logistics Plus uh, and National Logistics Day? It's actually, actually it's big for in, it's not all over the country yet, but a lot of uh, states have uh, endorsed it and uh, you know, a lot of organizations have. So it's, it's it started here, but it's, it's spreading. And I think maybe this year will spread even more. And you can learn more about it at logisticsplus.com or nationallogisticsday.com. Um, but it's, a, it's a, just a way to, I mean, I think a lot of people uh, recognize that people behind the scenes did a yeoman's job and were heroes during this pandemic. And it's yet another way to recognize uh, the work they did in the in the shadows, you know. Awesome. A lot of great information there, Jim. Thank you so much for your time today. Best of luck to you, to Logistics Plus. Uh, stay safe out there and uh, happy National Logistics Day in advance. Thanks, Jeff. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game.
The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.